What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Just baseball show naturally we're going to talk about the two-year 98 million dollar deal that lebron james just signed with the la lakers off the top uh that's crazy but we're headline hunting right now uh michael harris with his extension the rangers made a move at the top it's the second uh marquee executive fired in the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. um and, and we're gonna bounce around with some injury things too but peter you seem disgruntled so speaking about basketball, I feel like this is a good segue, even though this is the Just Baseball show, Thursday, August 18th. Welcome to it. Um, Stephen A. Smith is a personality on ESPN. He's good at talking about basketball. Maybe he can give you a football take from time to time. I know the Yankees aren't very good. They're my favorite team. I know they're not very good right now. But when I turn on ESPN and I have to hear him yell at me at the top of his lung at the top of his lungs about how much our team is terrible and then talk about how the Mets are better which they are and then blame you know the Garrett Cole stuff everything but then the worst part about it is when he's yelling about Hal and Hank Steinbrenner about the owners right Hank passed away so that really got under my skin. It really got under my skin. And it's just ESPN doesn't really cover baseball that much. But then when they do, it's just Stephen A yelling about the Yankees and him just like getting that wrong really got under my skin. Really got under my skin. So to that, I say stop watching. Um, I didn't even really want to. I turned it on. I never turn it on. I had a little bit of time. I was like, you know what? I'm going to turn on first take. You know, maybe they're talking about baseball. And then it's just. So you should never go into first take thinking that they're talking about baseball. Never in a million years. I don't know what I was thinking. I was almost trying to see if they were. And all that it is, is just a 10 minute rant on how terrible the Yankees are. Yeah. With no real analysis, just yelling. And then him talking about Hal and Hank, that they have to do something. And Hank, unfortunately, has passed away. So, got under my skin. Let's talk about something more fun, because that wasn't. We can talk about something more fun. Here's what I will say. Um, Stephen A. Smith is incredibly good at what he does. Yes. Uh, Stephen A. is somehow entertaining for five days a week for three hours every morning. 
That's so unbelievably hard to do. Is he paid appropriately for what he does? No. Baseball players are not paid appropriately for what they do. Um, I mean, it's ridiculous. Like school teach elementary school teachers are making $30,000 a year. Stephen A. Smith is making about $11 million a year. Uh, their impact is very different. Now, I understand where you're coming from. But remember, it is nearly impossible to be informed about everything at all times. I Should Stephen A be way more informed? Absolutely. But is Stephen A incredibly good at what he does? He's not looking to make correct or sound arguments. He's not. He's looking to be loud and rile people up. And obviously, he riled you up. I get it. This is also the same Stephen A that said Shohei Otani can't be the face of baseball because he uses a translator. This is the same Stephen A who I'm not expecting him to break down the Braves rotation going into the playoffs, but he's a Yankee fan and he doesn't know that the owner has passed away. It's just, and that's the only baseball content you're going to get. You'll get 30 minutes of baseball tonight before the Sunday night baseball game. Yeah. It's just, it's depressing, but that's why we do the just baseball show. That's kind of why we created this whole thing because we didn't feel that there was adequate coverage. And yeah, we're trying to I, do that. And you know what? We've boofed before. I'm, you know, I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. We even I, forgot I'm the perfect. Miles Michaels. Speak uh, the, for yeah, yourself. I'm yeah, perfect. I'm not, you know what? I'm not perfect. But, yeah. you know, we've made mistakes before. We were talking about the Cardinals rotation. I remember a big boof we saw in the comments. It was like, did you forget about Miles Michaelis? And I was like, damn it. Yes, we did. Fuck. <laughs> we forgot about Miles Michaelis when we were just talking about it. We make boofs like that. It's understandable. But when you have 10 minutes a week on it, it's your favorite team or favorite in quotes. Yeah. Let's move on. Uh, yes. And I recommend to you to move on from going to Stephen A. Smith and letting anything he says baseball-wise get under your skin because he is really just there for entertainment purposes. He is not there to inform the public on the Yankees' struggles. That stinks. Uh, that stinks. Whatever. Right? I mean, whatever. that stinks. That's life. That's That's what we have to accept. Like, sometimes uh. things aren't going to break your way, and you have to be okay with that. Um, so I, I need you to get over that, put your big boy pants on and talk about Clay Holmes's back spasms for me. Yeah. Um, he, he just lied to the media. I mean, I, you, you saw don't the think he's got too. back spasms going on. You think he just sucks <laughs> and he's going on the IL. Yeah. I think it's a scheduled IL stint appearance. I mean, it's, it's fine. I don't, I don't blame him. Like it's, it's not something where, you know, I think he's bad for doing so, but I think, you know, when he's explaining what's happening to his back and he's like, oh, yeah, kind of locked up. And it's just it's clear that nothing really is the matter, but he just needs some time to get his head right. And I think that's totally fine. I'm not against him, but it was clear. I mean, it was one of the biggest lies of the season. It was the biggest lie since Garrett Cole when Ken Davidoff of the New York Post said. I'm not sure how to respond to that. <laughs> I, I'm not. I don't know how to. <laughs> respond to that <laughs> wasn't the question like have you used spider attack before like yes or no i'm never, not quite sure what to say <laughs> i'm not and i think his era since that is about four <laughs> i don't know it's a tough time to be a yankee fed but no it's not um it's a tough time in a vacuum right now over the That's last 30 That's days like since the all-star break yeah it's a tough time um yeah i mean they are what they've lost 11 to 13 is that right yeah, they're like 11 and 21 or something since in their last 30 whatever games, whatever you do the math. I don't 11 know. 11 and 21 is 32 games at last check. So 11 and 21 over their last 32. Yeah, I mean, the White Sox and Orioles 
were the best teams in the American League over the last 30. They were 19 and 11. The White Sox, dude. The White Sox, yeah. Um, but we're not talking about the White Sox just yet. We're talking about the Yankees. How do they salvage this? Because obviously they should still be viewed as legitimate World Series contenders. Like, do you just yes. ride out this down tick? Um, because there is still six weeks left in the regular season. Like, there is time for the Yankees' ship to get right. There are 45 games left. And what did I say at the beginning of the season, Jack, when I was talking about the Yankees? Yeah, you said we're going to have to uh, deal with the uh, we're going to have to deal with the bad. We're enjoying the good. The bad's going to come. We got to deal with the bad. You got to survive the bad. Exactly. And it's lasted a little bit longer than I thought, but we knew that this was going to happen. If you're a baseball fan, you know that through 162 games, you're going to have you're going to have series, you're going to have stretches where you look like the greatest team of all time, and then you're also going to have stretches where you look like the worst team of all time. That's what the Yankees are. They can be a little bit polarizing. You know, when nobody's hitting in the lineup, it's just, you know, DJ's been hurt, Stanton's been hurt, you know, Rizzo has not been the same guy. Um, the bottom half of their lineup outside of Jose Trevino has just not been there. Aaron Hicks is a shell of himself. You know, Miguel Andujar hits fifth. This doesn't look like the same team. And when Judge isn't hitting, the offense is non-existent. And when Garrett Cole doesn't give you a phenomenal start, followed by a phenomenal start from Nestor Cortez Jr. when he gave up a home run to Randy Rosarena, I'm not expecting him to be perfect either. Chapman's looking better. This team just called up Oswaldo Cabrera, who's one of their best prospects in the minor leagues. Yes. Estevan Floreal, who's going to play center field. I think he's going to be better than Aaron Hicks. The Yankees yeah. have been very reluctant to call up some of these guys. I even told us in, in the group chat yesterday, I said there's three shortstops in the minor leagues that the Yankees have that are currently better than what they're getting from Marwin Gonzalez, at least. I mean, you could yeah. say IKF with the bat and ball, and you could talk to his batting average, but that's all he's got. He hasn't yeah, I mean, been he's slugging defender. 312 since the All-Star break. Exactly. I mean, it's just, it's not an ideal situation there yeah, uh, for the New York Yankees. But this is a lull. And do I still believe, like, for example, I kind of want to throw this at you because Ryan and I did our World Series tiers. We had the Dodgers, Astros, and Mets in tier one. We had the Yankees and the Braves in tier two. I still put the Yankees there. And then in tier three, might be a little bit surprising. I don't know if you've heard yet. Blue Jays. If we're talking October baseball. Yeah. Mariners yeah. and Padres with the Phillies and the Cardinals on the outside looking in. That's who we thought. And but I guess, you know, I'm really in the situation of watching the Yankees constantly and going through the ebbs and flows as an emotional fan. Yeah. Do you think the Yankees still should be in that tier? I do. Yes. Yes. They're not a tier three yes. team. Uh, I think St. Louis is a tier three team. I think you should put St. Louis in tier three. I um, put them in tier three and Ryan was the guy who said, I don't think so. You know what? He's never allowed back on. <laughs> I do like our guy. I do no, like you know what? Guy. If if Ryan disagrees with anything that any of the three of us say, then he is not invited back. That's how that works with any guest. Um, if, I agree. if we butt heads whatsoever, you are nothing to us. I agree. If Colby thinks the Red Sox have a shot, banned. Javi banned. with Tatis getting suspended for banned. 80 games, banned. I mean, banned. you can't, you have to have a seamless record. You if have to be spotless. Get, if we get Bob Costas on again and he says something that I slightly disagree with, banned. See you, see you Bob. Not coming yeah. back. Ever. Not coming back. Ever, yeah, man. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it has just been the judge so since the All Star break. Aaron Judge has a 1355 OPS in 24 games since the All Star break. He's Aside from 10 games of Higgy, there's nothing here. Higashioka, by the way, 950 OPS since the all-star break. 
But yeah. then you've got Aaron Hicks, who's, you know, hitting 160 in 23 games since the All-Star break. And you've got, you know, Glaber Torres hitting a buck 84. You've got Anthony Rizzo hitting 191. Granted, Rizzo has shown a little bit of pop here and there. But, I mean, Benny's got a 650 OPS since you grabbed him from the Yanks. He, what did I say? The, I, I'm not ready to say that Benny's bad. I'm not. I'm not. What I will say is you need more than judge to survive this. Um do I think that Marnaccio is going to be good in place of Clay Holmes? Yes. Do I think he's the closer of the Yankees right now? Hell no. Is it oh, going to be yeah. Chapman or is it going to be Efros? You know, I think they're going to continue to try Chapman. I mean, he's the guy. He's the most expensive guy in the bullpen. Just it makes sense with Efros, man. I, 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 you ask what I think they'll do, not my opinion. I, I'm getting – I want Sammy's sidearm in there. Yeah. Scotty sidearm. Scotty sidearm, man. Not Sammy. Not Sammy. <laughs> Sammy kind of seemed like a better name, but it is Scotty Sidearm. I Sammy love Sprinkler from Benchwarmers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Scott Efros. I mean, he's he's one of the best relievers in the Yankees pen. He's been one of the best relievers in baseball this year. I mean, when yeah. he was on the Cubs, too. I mean, I thought that was a great trade for Hayden Wesneski. You know, the Yankees are built for October. But, you know, it's – I just – the reason why they're definitely not Tier 1, and I almost was talking with Ryan of why they might be Tier 3 – I mean, in game one, it's Garrett Cole on the bump, but, you know, there's some other aces that can match up really well with him. Like if the Yankees play the Blue Jays, Manoa. Manoa can deal with him. Yep. You go to, let's say they play the Guardians. Bieber can deal with him. Play the Mariners. Castillo can certainly deal with him. Correct. Verlander, duh. I think we beat the Twins in Sunny Gray. Yes, I think so too. Shane McClanahan, the Rays. Uh, Shane's not throwing well over his last couple of starts. Yeah, that's true. So close to a we'll toss see. up. That I don't is know. A I mean, but... the Yankees, it, it really feels like they have the division on lock. I yes. Tampa's nine back. Like they're Tampa's not catching them. Tampa's won four in a row. The Yankees have lost three in a row, but Tampa is not catching them. Toronto's not catching them because Toronto in their own right has dropped eight of their last 10. That's yeah. brutal. Uh, two longest or three longest winning streaks in Major League Baseball right now uh, are the Braves at eight and then the Giants at five. The White Sox are also at five. We're going to talk about two of those three teams. I don't think we need to touch on the Giants because, like, it's cool what they're doing. A couple of walk-off homers, great, but the Giants are the Giants right now. They're not competing for for much at all. At the they're moment. also beating up on the Diamondbacks. And I the mean, Pirates, yeah. They're yeah. walking off the Pirates and the D-backs. Um, what Chicago has done, taking the front two of four against Houston with uh, Kopech and Fromber dueling tonight, we're recording right before that game. Um, taking that Cease Verlander game was massive. Johnny Cueto issued a big win on Monday, but on Tuesday, that was the kahuna that could have turned the tide on the White Sox season. And here I am sitting here late night watching the end of that game and watching Hendricks close it out. And I'm like, oh my God, am I all the way bought back in on this team? Talk to I'm, me. Talk dude, to me. It's it's so hard because this is the burden of baseball, right? The burden of baseball yeah, is it's 162 games. <laughs> Sports and sucks. Yeah, I mean, this sport is <laughs> ass, dude. Like, football is so easy because it's like four months. Fuck, you play once a week. Fuck it. You get, a, you get a bye week. Like, you literally get to take a break one week. You get two weeks of not stressing. Um, should we do football instead of baseball? Like, I'm just spewing the negatives about this damn sport. But the, the thing about baseball is it's every single day for six months, and 
for a lot of teams that have World Series aspirations, it is overwhelmingly positive. But that team still will lose 60 to 70 times that season. Um, With the White Sox being as mediocre as they have been for the entirety of the season with the expectations that White Sox fans have set for this team, it was a really, really hard couple of months to get through at the beginning because it's like, okay, when are we going to turn it on? When are we going to become that buzzsaw? And they never turned it on and became the buzzsaw. But it's a series like this. And the White Sox, even last year, they were really good, but they struggled against good teams. You can look at the AL Central and look at the record against the AL Central and take as much from that as you want. But the AL Central is the weakest division in baseball. It's not close. It's a bad division. Uh, um, I would say the NL Central. I mean, the Cubs, Pirates, and Reds, especially with what the Reds sold at the deadline. But I see what your point. It's it's those two divisions. And I'm not scared of the Twins, and I'm not really scared of the Guardians either. So I kind of interrupted you, but I, I totally get what you're saying. No, I mean, like, it, so if it's not the worst, it's one of the worst divisions yes. in baseball. Um, it's not that impressive if you beat up on the bad teams. What's yeah. really impressive and what shows your postseason might is how you do against good teams, how you do against teams above 500. And the White Sox over the last couple of years have not been that good against teams above 500. So it's always, yay, we took three of four from Detroit. That's awesome. But how's Houston going to go? How are the Yankees going to go? Taking the front two against Houston was that jab in the ass that I think White Sox fans needed. And it was great. And are there still issues? that a fan is telling Tony La Russa to pinch run Adam Angle for Eloy Jimenez. Yes, there are glaring issues. There are glaring flaws. But allow White Sox fans to enjoy what Dylan Cease, Gavin Sheets, and Liam Hendricks gave them last night, what Johnny Cueto gave them on Monday, and what, fingers crossed, Michael Kopech can give them on Wednesday. Because this is exactly what the White Sox needed to have that fire lit under them. It stinks that Tim Anderson's not on the field for this. Yep. Um, because TA being on the field would be a whole different energy. And now I'm seeing rumors that the White Sox may want to sign Elvis Andrews for the rest of the year with with TA out. Yeah, that's what Heyman came out with. Is that real? That almost seemed like Heyman is just like, well, maybe. I mean, is it Elvis Andrews or Leori Garcia? Who would you rather have at short? Uh, I mean, Elvis Andrews is an actual shortstop, so I guess him. Yeah. I'd rather have Elvis Andrews than Larry Garcia. I would too. But okay, so your projection about the how the AL Central is going to end up because um, the Guardians look like a potential playoff team. The Twins are busy beating up on the Royals, you know, but the Royals had this enormous homestand and they're a very young team with their first, you know, trip on the road and I expected them not to perform very well. Um but that doesn't give me any more confidence in the Twins moving forward. Again, with the Guardians, you know, they're, they're having a series against Detroit and not playing all that well. You know, Austin Hedges, though, to the Guardians' credit, there was a ton of horrible calls, especially in that Tuesday game. Um, you know, even the stuff at the end, I mean, it wasn't completely because that was probably a swing, but we don't have to get all the way into that. But they've dealt with a lot of shit in that Detroit series. Yeah. 
but they've um, been losing. They are not a perfect squad. Neither are the White Sox, but they're all razor thin. I still, you know, it's funny. I'm still holding on to this minus 200 White Sox ticket to win the division. Remember I said that at the beginning of the year that I said, yeah, like sometimes you just biggest lock ever. Yeah. Biggest lock ever. And I'm not, you know, I thought I was going to have to shred it, but maybe it could hit. Like, I guess if I gave you the ticket, are you confident in it? No, I'm not. Um, okay. Knowing what Cleveland runs out of that starting rotation, I'm not confident at all. Um, mm-hmm. What I will say, and this is a total deviation from what I was thinking over the last however many months, is the AL Central could put two teams in the postseason. Mm. I do believe that. So the three teams that are in right now, because like, look at the division, that's one conversation. Look at the wild card, that's the other conversation. Um, the three teams holding on to the wild card spots in the American League as it stands right now. Seattle, who's a game and a half clear, Tampa, who's a game clear, and then Toronto. Baltimore and Minnesota trail by half a game. The White Sox trail by a game. I don't like the vibes in Toronto right now at all. <laughs> I mean, I could see Toronto going on this bad stretch, um, and I could also see Minnesota going on a bad stretch. I have no idea what kind of depth Baltimore has to get them through the end of September. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if the White Sox and Guardians kept on climbing while the Twins fall and they beat up on the bad teams remaining on their schedule and we're looking at this division as neck and neck for the division, whoever wins it, wins it, and the one that doesn't between the White Sox and Guardians sneaks into that final wild card spot. Here's my thing about Lowell's. When I'm talking about the Yankees, they're at the lowest of the low. The Blue Jays are at the same spot, lowest of the low. So it's only going to go up. I think it's only going to go up. This team is too talented. Jack, I mean, it's too talented. The bullpen, you know, I know Jordan Romano has these crazy struggles. He's got like a ERA over four inside the United States, but in Canada, he's got an ERA like 0.5. I know there's the struggles there, but overall, Jordan Romano, you can rely on him in the in the closer role. And you go through the bullpen. I know Mays has been hurt, but there's a lot of good arms back there. And you combine that with an electric offense, just electric. And even Matt Chapman has been much better overall this season. He's been heating up, certainly. Lourdes Gurriel's second half has been awesome. Vladdy, I think, just lost his hit streak. But I know he had a home run yesterday. I'm not sure if he's still on the hit streak. But I know it was at 21, 22 games the last Blue Jays game I was watching. The Blue Jays still have such an electric team that when they're at the lowest of low and still in the playoff hunt, I only think up is where they'll be headed. The Rays, I still think they just, they're playing math. It's not something that we know what they're doing. They just got Harold Ramirez back. They're going to get Manny Margot back. They're going to get Wander Franco back. They're, I think Arm talked about it too. The entire bullpen unit has been basically diminished due yeah. to injury. They're all out, but some of them are going to come back. I mean, the Rays team is too good. And I think the Mariners are probably the best team out of the three. I kind of think the way it is right now, is what it will finish like in October. So Cleveland winning the AL Central and the three wild card teams being Seattle, um, Tampa, and Toronto. I do think it's going to be Seattle, Tampa, and Toronto, but I'm not confident that the Guardians win the division. That's the thing. Yeah. I think it's going to be either the White Sox, the Twins, or the Guardians. I would say that the Twins have the least likely shot, in my opinion. Yeah. And now if- saying that, let's crown the twins, the AL central champions. Right. And that's honestly, works. that's how I'm feeling too. If I had to cross off one team that could win the American league central, it's the twins. And uh, 
not the twins are going to win. The twins are going to be the only AL central team in the postseason. Congratulations. Congrats, and they just probably won the world series too. The Congratulations great, great to Tyler season. Malley. You know, I crowned him what, like my favorite to get out of the American league last year. And they were the worst team ever. And here we are saying that they're down in the count. So they're going to rattle off 20 in a row like the Cardinals did last year. But you'll never have a worse take than our guy Colby saying that Kenta Maeda might be better than Max Scherzer. Kenta Maeda might be better than Max Scherzer. Do you remember Colby's first appearance on the Just Baseball show when he came on and and the premise of why he came on was to talk about the greatness of Shohei Otani? And the first thing he said was, yeah, he's throwing this cutter that's getting hit really hard. Uh, he should You should scrap the cutter. I'm like, are you, do you hate Christmas? Like, are you Ebenezer Scrooge? Like, what a Colby, joke. I w- it's funny, though. The only reason I'm making fun of Colby for that is because Colby does know his pitching. Um, and he's been very good with that kind of stuff. So I'm always going to hold that take over his head as the worst take I've ever heard. But he's been very solid otherwise. But he also said that Jordan Alvarez is better than David Ortiz, which I called it blasphemous. Talking about Stephen A. Smith, blasphemous. I mean... But- Jordan is pretty good. He's on that trajectory. He is on that trajectory. um, Let's talk Rangers. President of Baseball Operations, John Daniels, out. It is Chris Young's show. He was just handed the keys to a Toyota Camry. I keep hearing this. What is that? His show? The Texas Rangers? His show? I know it's it's his job now, but like the show, the third place, fourth place Rangers, the show? I don't know. Okay. Um... Look at the Rangers. Look at the Rangers farm. Look at the young talent that the Rangers have up right now. Um, Chris Young. Convince me. Convince me it's a show. Jack Leiter, Kumar Rocker, Cole Wynn, John Gray, uh, whoever else. And then you've got the $500 million middle infield with Ezekiel Duran, Josh Young. Um, could keep going. Huff, Heim popped out of nowhere. Adolis no, Garcia. Awesome this year. Yeah. Nathaniel Lowe. Dude, yeah. rocks baseball. He's sitting like 280 with 25 bombs. You go through the advanced stats, but that's plenty for you. I, my thing my thing is Chris Young has shown the ability to draft effectively, and uh, the Rangers' ownership has shown the willingness to spend money. Yes. Um, I think a smart mind, you give him blank checks, he will turn this thing around quickly. I hope um, so. I look yeah. at the pitching staff when you just named all of those pitchers. It's assuming all of them work out. Yes, it is. Um, I think that's I think that's going a little bit too far. Like Jack Leiter, as much as he is hyped up as a prospect, he has not had a very good start to his minor league career. Enough that he is not a bad pitcher, and that I'm not I'm not writing him off. Certainly not writing him off. He could come back and and just continue to dominate, and I expect him to do so. But it's not like he's had a great start. Kumar Rocker at number three. A lot of people were surprised by that, and a lot of people were surprised for good reason. He was not projected as the number one pitcher in the draft. Could he end up being that type of pitcher? Of course he could. You see him at Vandy, trucking 98 with the breaking ball? Electric. Saw him in person. I mean, just commands the mound like few I've seen in college. But nothing is perfect. There have been yeah. a lot of guys who we've seen like that. So I think it's all assuming that these guys all work out, which I think is a little much. They just don't have the pitching. They really don't have the pitching, and I think it's going to be spending more money on free agents rather than relying on all these young arms. So Chris Young, smart guy, former pitcher. I trust a former pitcher to make informed pitching decisions, especially on what? Tall. Tall. Chris Young. Tall. 6'10", Chris Young. Yeah. Tall guy. I mean, can Um, see over the competition. He can look. He looks down on people. 
I get he, it. He's, a, he's got a superiority complex going on, Chris Young. Um, he, he comes into your GM's office like all hunky like that. I I'll, you might have to you might have to whatever you need to trade exactly. Do you want Volpe? Do you want Volpe and Dominguez for Dane Dunning? You're I mean, he'll so be like, much taller than I am. Cashman, I'm going to shove you in a locker, you little nerd. Yes, I get it. That's the okay, essence maybe I'm of buying baseball. in now. I'm you buying know, in. We can talk about saber metrics all we want. The essence of baseball is bullying, and that's yes. how the trade deadline works. Yeah. AJ Preller is the best bully in baseball, and he says, "I'm going to expose you to the world if you don't give me Juan Soto right now." Mike, by the way, stupid name. Yes. But yeah, I mean, is it a good move that they got rid of Daniels? Probably. I mean, I just think it's funny that John Daniels and and Chris Young had this press conference about getting rid of Chris Woodward. And then the next day he's gone too. Oh yeah. But that's how that shit works. Um, It's always the manager to go. And then it It just seemed very, it seemed very quick. It seemed very quick. seemed like the Rangers owners are just done. They're like, this is not what we signed up for. We spent $500 million, but at the same time, you knew that you spent $500 million on really two players and then you didn't add pitching. Has Martin Perez been awesome? Yes. But has Martin Perez been struggling lately? Also, yes. Spent some money on John Gray. Um, Yeah, who's been good? Not great. And you built that baseball palace, which was so cool. Hosted the 2020 World Series. People forget. Yeah, I want to go there. I've never been. I want to go. I want to go. No, I mean, how could you go? It opened like during COVID pretty much. No, I know. I know. I'm just saying I haven't been. Yeah, I want to go too. But um, you know, last thing on the Rangers, we we talked about it with the Benintendi deal for the Royals. Um, and I mentioned three good is better than one great for a team that needs numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the Royals need depth on the mound. Like they've got Brady Singer. After that, who are the starting pitchers there? Like maybe Lynch, you know, like you need numbers. Who got blown you hope today. that one of them works out. You know what I mean? So they got three. They got Beckway, they got Sakema, and they got uh Champlain. So that's three guys that could turn out to be okay instead of one guy who you're hoping turns into a frontline guy but could turn into a five. Um, I think the Rangers are building numbers right now. So with a sooner ETA, with a closer ETA, you're looking at lighter, you're looking at rocker, you're looking at Cole Wynn. With like a 2024-ish ETA. I like that. I like that. I'm not saying I don't like that. I yeah. just – I think – we're hoping, and uh, you know, when it's not like Lighter's taking the league by storm. That's all I'm saying. But yes, now, I like that. Yeah, and an, and another name, Cole Reagans. I forgot about Reagans. Um, guys that are a little bit farther off than that, like maybe 2024, Antoine Kelly, who they just acquired via trade, and Owen White. Yep. And then after that, you got Brock Porter, who you massively overslotted in the fourth round. Like I think they are doing a good job adding for the I sake agree. of adding a bunch of guys and hoping that five of them pan out. You also paid Gray. John Gray is going to be a part of the rotation for the next three years, like it or not. They have obviously the financial opportunity to extend Perez if they want. He's not going to be an expensive extension. Um, I I think the Rangers are, they're not set up for success by any stretch. They need to do more drastic things to be set up for legitimate success, but they're set up to improve on whatever has been going on there the last four years. Last thing on the Rangers. I just, it's interesting hearing about the 2024 guys and a lot of these people when, you know, you sign Corey Seager, who's not a young pup. You sign Marcus Semien, who, again, not a young pup. I'm worried that their windows might be not ending because you signed Corey Seager to do a 10-year deal. You're not expecting him to just tail off in year three. 
But in the year four, year five of that contract, when you expect a Kumar, a Jack Light, or a Cole Wynn, a lot of these guys to be really good, because they're not going to be really good right away. Yeah. So for them to mature a little bit in the major leagues, maybe that's 2025 that they are approaching what they should be. And then 2026, maybe 2027. Then at that point, where is the Corey Seager? Where is the Marcus Semien playing? So it's almost like, yes, they have pitching on the horizon, but their offense, at least right now, seems like it's more win now. At least the stars do. Do they have other young players who I do like, like you were talking about, Josh Young? Like, yes, of course. You know, Nate Lowe is still young. Nathaniel. Apologies, Nathaniel. Nathaniel. Yeah. Nathaniel. Still young, but the big money, the reason that you thought you were going to be really good this year will only be older when they're first approaching. That's why I feel like the Rangers window there, it's a little screwed up right now. Yeah. It's a little screwed up. Um, one team that isn't screwed up is Atlanta, and we're going to get to them in a moment. But first, um, the White Sox have not just won one game against the Houston Astros, they've won two. So I get free merch on behalf of you new long sleeve tea available at the just baseball uh available at justbaseball.com. the shop is in our episode description you already have the long sleeve tea and now i get a free one you don't have it don't have it yet i texted kendall getting myself a free one you know what live on i'm I'm texting kendall on air um kendall soft it looks awesome it's sick arm has one we got to talk to arm they look fire he was wearing it. Hopefully, Arm's doing well after surgery if you're listening to Arm. But she probably doesn't even listen. No, he's fine. Yeah, he doesn't listen to us. He hates us. He, hates uh, us. he just hops on. He, he doesn't listen back to the episodes he does because he knows that he craps gold. Like, anything that he does is absolutely perfect. Um, just like how you said you're not perfect, don't, don't speak for Arm or myself. It's fine. You know, I'm more humble. I'm a star no. boy. <laughs> unapologetically me (laughs) um all right let's get back to michael harris again sweet long sleeve shirt just baseball.com uh go to our shop uh or you can get it in the episode description uh the link is there michael harris 21 years old youngest guy in major league baseball eight year 72 million dollar deal i want to get this right run through the 2030 season with incentives that can climb to 10 years 102 million dollars he will make Five million per year next year and in 2024, eight million per year from 2025 to 2026, nine million in 2027, 10 million in 2028 and 2029, and 12 million in 2030. So that's another AA pre arb massive extension. What my favorite thing is, is guys talking about how this is so disrespectful to the players and everything like that. Um, like I saw, <laughs> I saw somebody call this minimum wage for Michael Harris, <laughs> eight years, $72 million. Uh, I don't think you guys understand. Like the only one that could be seen yeah. as borderline disrespectful. And even then, I don't think it's borderline disrespectful was the seven years, 35 for Albies, but Acuna but Albies years- is probably not a top five second. I mean, yeah, that, that I do get Seven that to 35, right. like Colton Wong is making yeah. more a- annually than Ozzy. <laughs> All right. All right. Yes. That so was like it is, it, when you compare, it's kind of disrespectful, but Acuna signed eight years, a hundred million dollars. Acuna would still be pre-arb if I'm not mistaken. You might be in his yep. first year of arbitration. Um, but he signed, so we don't pay attention to that anymore. We know he's a brave for the next, you know, six, seven years. Acuna 
Still, Ronald Acuna Jr., one of the most exciting players in baseball, one of the best players in baseball since the 2019 season. Mm -hmm. He still has time for shit to go south so he doesn't sign another $50 million deal. That's what people don't understand. There There are so many Michael Harris's that put together a great rookie season. Gordon Beckham. Huge fan of Gordon Beckham. Think he think he does a great job on TV. Gordon Beckham had a great rookie season. That guy, if he got the Michael Harris deal, in hindsight, he would have signed it before it was printed. Like, what they are doing is instilling confidence in young guys to grow stress-free. They're not playing year by year. Because think about what would happen at Michael Harris if he didn't sign this contract, if this was not put in front of him, if Michael Harris was a rookie on any other team. Next year, he would make $700,000, and there ain't shit he can do about it. Yep. 2024, he would make $700,000. There ain't shit he can do about it. Assuming he is still healthy and killing it like we expect him to. That 2025 season... He's going to come with a number that he thinks he's worth, but even then he'll be worth a lot more than the seven he'll probably say he thinks he's worth. The Braves or the other team would probably lowball him at about four and a half, and an arbiter would find this middle ground at like five and a half or six for him. Then you do it again the year after, that'll bump him up to about 10 to 15. Then you bump him up after that to something in the 20 range, and then he hits the open market. What this does for him, I gladly bypass two years of the open market for financial security and 72 fucking million dollars to take care of my family. Oh, my God. They do it right in Atlanta. It's a win-win. Michael Harris played 71 games and made $72 million. Let me take you back to the 2018 Rookie of the Year race. That guy behind me, for all those watching on YouTube, and if you're listening on audio... That was Shohei Otani's Rookie of the Year. You know who finished second and third in that Rookie of the Year race? Miguel Andujar and Glaber Torres. Glaber Torres then went on to hit 38 home runs in the preceding year. Imagine if the Yankees just backed up the Brinks truck for him. Do I still like Glaber? Yes. But imagine if they backed up the Brinks truck for a guy like Miguel Andujar who looked like a doubles machine in the future third baseman for the New York Yankees. That's the reality of the situation. It's a gamble for the Braves. It's awesome for Michael Harris, but it still is a win for the Braves because $72 million to Michael Harris is phenomenal, but $72 million over eight years for a guy like Michael Harris, you're willing to make that gamble because it still isn't that much. They're bypassing arbitration. Instead of $700,000 for the next two years, they're going to give him about $5 million. I don't know exactly. I knew you were going over exactly like how each year divides, but yeah. we'll just, to make it simple, $9 million It escalates million from a year eight to 10, pretty much. Exactly. Yeah. So he's making that now. It's a win-win for both sides. We see the potential that Michael Harris has. Also with a Michael Harris, not similarly to Miguel Andujar or Glaber Torres, no matter what happens, we know that Michael Harris is going to be a phenomenal center fielder out there. That's what they know. They probably know that he's a bit of a safer option than the Yankees were looking at with Glaber Torres. When they look at a guy who's an average defender at second base versus an elite defender at center field, an average to below average defender at third base in Miguel Andujar versus an elite center fielder in Michael Harris. That's why they were willing to make the gamble. So when they say, you know, why they do it, it makes a lot of sense for both sides. And if you're Michael Harris, you didn't just get your, 
your wallet stolen by Alex Anthopoulos. You played 71 games and then out of it, you get 72 million. If you were presented $72 million, when you know the security that that can hold, it's you're, you're signing the contract. I don't care who you are. You're signing the contract. You're a 21 year old. You just locked into $72 million. You could be horrible for the rest of your career. doesn't matter. I made $72 million. That is life-changing. That is generational changing money. Win-win so, for both sides. 2032, Harris has a club option for $20 million. Even if Harris's career goes to awesome. shit. Even if Harris's career goes to shit. Jason Hayward is making $24.5 million this year. Patrick <laughs> Corbin's making $23.4. Bumgarner's making $23. Donaldson's making $23. Will Myers making 22.5. Exactly. And before 2032, he's got that club option for 15. Again, club option. Like it is the Braves' choice if they want to pay him 15 in 2031 and 20 will. in 2032. And I bet they will because he's really talented. Yeah. The money that they are on the hook for highest AAV wise is $10 million. $10 million. Here's who's making more than $10 million. And I'm going to count up. I'm going to start at 10 and I'm going to move forward. Uh, Mike Miner's making 10. Wade Miley's making 10. Randall Gritchick is making 10-3. Carlos Santana's making 10-5. Tell me when to stop because this is fun as hell for me. Ramon Marquez is making 11-3. Avi Garcia's making 12. Anthony DiSclefani's oh. making 12. I mean, Nelson Cruz is making 12 this year. Will Smith, who the Braves just traded, is making 13. Like, dude, Zach Britton's making 14. Let's, Erod, who can't even tell his <laughs> he's not there, is making 14. Let's also put that amount of money into perspective for a second because, you know, you're 14 million. It's like, oh, that's a lot of money. Of course it's a lot of money. But in baseball terms, what front offices, or at least from my knowledge, about one war wins above replacement is worth $8 million. Michael Harris is certainly going to be above one war. For the foreseeable future, he could not hit anything, and he's going to go get that in the outfield. You look at Tommy Edmonds' stats. Tommy Edmonds seems to can't hit water if he fell off the boat, but he's going to be one of the one of the highest WAR players because he just picks the ball like no other. Michael Harris is that type of player, so Michael Harris will always be giving you production. That's what they saw, and they signed him to a great deal. But on the same side, it's great for Michael Harris too. You only played seventy-one games. You basically proved everything that you needed to make seventy-two million dollars. It's when you look at other contracts throughout baseball, it's a steal on both sides. But again, it's a steal for Michael Harris. Like, don't think that he just got his wallet stolen because he didn't. Yeah. Um, now, the one knock on Michael Harris that probably knocks him down, and I, I wouldn't have extended this contract to Michael Harris in a million wow. years. He's walking less than 4% of the time. I mean, I, I, can't, I can't sleep well at night, no matter... I mean, I could have a gold glove center fielder that could hit 290 with 25 pumps and win the National League Rookie of the Year. But if he's not walking more than 4% of the time, I, I can't do this. Give me Osmani Grandal. I mean, yeah, he doesn't dude. swing, but he's walking. Is I mean, he providing give, anything give me on the Max base Muncy path with before the... the surge. Give me May Max Muncy because, yeah, he hit 130, but guess what? He was walking all the time, dude. All the time. Actually, Max Muncy sometimes pisses me off, although he's been better. <laughs> he looks like a of The amount of 0102 fastballs this guy takes down the dick. Yes. Not using the P word. Down the dick. Come on, say it again. Say it again. You said it down the time. penis <laughs> is just absurd. It's such mean, a weird word. Watching the, I know. <laughs> watching the Dodger games and watching him just continually take fastballs that are right in his wheelhouse, Max Muncy. Right in your wheelhouse. Swing the bat. 
Yeah. I don't care about your walk rate if, if you're the first percentile in sprint speed. I'm not even talking about Max Muncy. I'm more just projecting about Yasmani Grandal. Well, I've never just liked him that much as a player because, yeah, he gets on base, but he doesn't do anything on the base pass. And, like, I just – but that's another story. I'm still upset that we ranked him in the, as the second-best catcher because I didn't even want him in the top five. I didn't want him. Yes. I didn't want him. Catcher or second baseman? Yeah. No, yeah, Yasmani Grandal at the beginning of the season. We ranked catchers. Yeah. I didn't want him. But I was, I was, I was, I was, I was coerced by the X stats. I was coerced, and I didn't like him. Is, is that know. what happened? I don't know. His catching position blows, man. <laughs> I know. I will gladly sleep soundly at night knowing that Yaz was our preseason second best. Oh God! If only I knew about Alejandro Kirk. Um, we got to yeah. be better. We got to be better. Got to be better. Be better next time. We um, we're the Stephen A. Smith now. Just yeah. getting shit wrong. Just morons. I, I'm a moron. You know what? I'm perfect. You're not perfect. But I'm a moron. No, you're not perfect. I'm perfect. No. Morons can be perfect. That's how that works. Um, Even A is so last... entertaining at what he does. Perfect. <laughs> one last thing from me. Um, Dennis Eckersley said some funny ass shit last night on Nesson about the Pirates. Did you see this? No, I didn't. Oh my God. He no, took off. So Dennis Eckersley on Nesson. Um, he is uh, obviously Hall of Famer, Dennis Eckersley. Um, he announced that he was retiring after this year, about a week ago. And he is in the business of going scorched earth uh, before uh, he leaves. Uh, Dennis Eckersley called the Pittsburgh Pirates lineup a hodgepodge of nothingness, <laughs> which is so disrespectful. A lot of those guys are very talented athletes. Um, a lot of those guys are very good dudes that have passed yes. through Indianapolis this year that I have enjoyed. Um, so disrespectful, but we have to acknowledge how funny the term hodgepodge of nothingness is. It quickly jumps to my second favorite term that I've ever heard in regards mm. to a team or an organization. The only one that beats it is Jeff Van Gundy on an ESPN NBA telecast. Van Gundy was referencing the Detroit Pistons. And he said that they were stuck in a quagmire of mediocrity. And I thought that was the, the hottest thing I've ever heard. I was like, wow, yeah. they're too bad to be a playoff team. They're too good to have a top five pick. They are stuck in a quagmire of mediocrity. Now, I don't agree with it about the Pirates offense. Do I understand that the Pirates offense is struggling mightily, mightily, mightily? Yes. Do I understand that they might not have the sex appeal of the big name? Yes, I do. Do I understand that O'Neill Cruz is hitting about 110 on breaking pitches? Yes, I do. I understand that. Um, hodgepodge of nothingness is hilarious. Um, now, Hodge, you know who's a hodgepodge of nothingness right now on offense? I was, you know, I'm I'm writing my bets every day and I'm trying to find, you know, offenses that aren't performing very well. Yeah. And every single way I queue up the splits leaderboards on fan graphs, the Detroit Tigers are in last. Were so they a hodgepodge of lefties, nothingness? Lefties, righties, doesn't matter. Away, home, against high velocity, against low velo, doesn't matter. They cannot hit water if it fell off a boat. So, Pirates fans, you're probably hearing hodgepodge of nothingness and thinking to yourself, are we the worst offense? Hard to say that you are because when I cue it, it's all Tigers. So, at least... You have that going for you. Yeah, I honestly, I'm kind of pro print the shirts. Hodgepodge of nothingness. I like that one. I think <laughs> to your point, quagmire of mediocrity sounds more elegant 
but hodgepodge of nothingness is like a punch in the throat. That sounds, no, that sounds pretty elegant, man. Um, here's what Brian Reynolds had to say about it. They were all talking to Jason Mackey of the Post-Gazette. Uh, he said, I couldn't give any less of a crap what the guy has to say. I appreciate him saying crap and not shit. There we go. Um, but here is my favorite one. This is Will Crow on what Eckersley had to say. What he said was kind of crappy and kind of shitty. Notice that it was both crappy and shitty and crap and shit are both synonyms for fecal matter. Yes. But so they, they do mean something else. They, what, you know, crappy is more like sad. Shitty is more mad, I think. Okay. So what he said was kind of sad and kind of mad. I, I read it as what he said was kind of poop and kind of poop. I think a lot of guys are going to take it and let it fuel us and see what happens. I know we haven't climbed that hill completely, but we're on our fucking way. Fair from Crow. He said on our fucking way. Oh, yeah. He said shitty and fucking in the same, like, two-sentence spurt. Love it. Fire I mean, me imagine, up, Will, bro. Imagine, you know, Dennis Eckersley is one of the greatest closers of all time. He's calling your games, and you hear from... You know, after maybe you went 0 for 4 in a game, that that greatest closer called your lineup a hodgepodge of nothingness. Yeah, I'm going to use all the curse words I have. It's not like the team that he calls games for is, like, rearing its head right now either. I mean, he's he's a broadcaster for Nesson. Like, he's on the Red Sox, who are a game under 500 right now. The gold bottles. That's the thing, too. I feel like Dennis Eckersley, if he should talk about his own team, the Oakland A's, who... If we're talking about like the Yankees and the Blue Jays who can't win a game, they cannot actually win games. And this don't, has been an extended stretch of of hodgepodge of nothingness. Dude, don't come at me about Christian Pache. Um, I, I love that Andrews just gets released. Like that was best case scenario for Elvis Andrews. Yeah. He was like, hey, I'm not playing enough. Release me. Okay. He probably asked. He did. He asked. He said yes. he didn't ask to be released. He said, can I play more? And they said, no. So he was like, all right, release me now. And he might be the everyday shortstop for the White Sox for the next six weeks. I, I'd rather be a bench bat for basically anywhere else than playing in front of 80 people in the Coliseum where the, the chairs are falling apart. Um, it just looks like looks like a Hunger Games stadium. Yeah, but they're running out. Cal Stevenson, V-Mile Machine, Jonah Bride, Sky Bolt, which is a sick name, sick like name. absolutely sick name. Nick Allen, that's just a generic white guy name. Yeah. Like it, you could introduce me to anybody on the street in Indianapolis, Indiana and say, hey, his name is Nick Allen. I'd be like, oh, yeah, no. Yes. These yes, are just is. MLB the show characters that when you just you skip past the name portion, you said, just give me whatever you got. But then you yeah, pick, auto like, I want Sky Bolt. But then you, you're like, all right, I'm just going to auto do the rest of the team. Right. Jonah Bride. Nick Allen. <laughs> That's so bad. Uh, anything else we got to hit on? Um, Joey Votto, Votto is unfortunately out for the season. Rotator cuff injury. I mean, this guy, you know, we talk about launch angle. One of the highest launch angles of his career last year at 18.4 degrees. Now he's down to 11 this year. Was not putting the ball in the air. Was not putting up same competitive at-bats that he did last year. Kind of looked hurt the entire year. Only put up 11 home runs for the Reds in Great American Ballpark. And if like you're not hitting at Great American Ballpark, there's a bigger issue here. Because if you look at Savant Park Factor, Great American Ballpark is basically the same as Coors Field. I mean, it's not quite the same over you know, a longer stretch, maybe since 2019. But this year, it has really been a launching board of offense. You even look at a guy like Brandon Drury. I mean, guys have been hitting there, and he has not. 
he just really had a tough season. And now he's 38 years old, Jack, 38 years old. I remember I made that joke. I think it was like two months ago, maybe now where I said, should he retire on the spot with how reds, how bad the reds are? Cause he was 300, 400, 500. And, uh, he might be below 300 first grade. I just don't know how much longer we're going to get to enjoy Joey Votto, one of the greatest hitters of our generation. Right. So he's not 300, 400, 500 anymore. I think he's a career 270 or 297 hitter now. Yeah, 298 um, or 297, I think. 297, OBP 412, slugging 513. So a career 926 OPS. Joey Votto has an MVP. He's got a gold glove. He's a six-time All-Star. But I kept on scrolling on baseball reference to his Hall of Fame numbers. And I looked at compared to first baseman. Joey Votto has 64 and a half career war. The average career war of the, the 12 first baseman in the hall right now, 65 and a half. So he's one win behind them. Uh, seven-year peak war, 46.9 for Votto. The average seven-year peak war for the other first baseman in the hall, 42.1. So he's better than that. Mm. The Jaws score. Jaws score is very interesting. It takes into account seven-year peak war and a bunch of other things um, to judge pretty much like Hall of Fame legitimacy uh, on baseball reference. Joey Votto has a Jaws score about two points higher than the average Hall of Fame first baseman. And war per 162, Joey Votto is a 5.2 B-war guy over 162. The average Hall of Fame first baseman is 4.9 over 162. So Joey Votto's numbers already are on par with Hall of Fame induction. And you take into account what Joey Votto has been to the Cincinnati Reds. Like, I, I think he might be a shoe in for the Hall. I don't think he's a first ballot guy, but I think he is a fourth or fifth year Votto's getting in. I think you'd think so. Uh, and I, I would probably say that you're right, but he has 2,093 career hits. He has 342 career home runs. It's going to be close. It's going to be close. I mean, he's a six-time All-Star. He only has one gold glove, so he doesn't have the defense to back it. I don't know. I think he's going to be fringe. I do. Because I don't think he's going to hit 400 home runs in his career. I don't think he gets to 2,500 hits. And, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, he, me personally, I don't think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame because he hasn't reached these numbers. I just know that these specific numbers are very important to Hall of Fame voters. And he didn't get there. Fred McGriff hit 493 home runs and is not a Hall of Famer. I mean, that's just criminal. Like, but these things happen in Hall of Fame voting. Like when he's not even at 2,500 hits, he's not even at 400 home runs. He could be one of those hall of very good guys. It's tough. It's tough. I'm not saying he will. I just, I look at other hall of fame resumes and like the war is there and war is very important, but that's really the only aspect that says you're a hall of famer. Right? Yeah. But war, I feel like, I don't know. Might be the most get... important. You also got to factor in what Joey Votto has been to the Cincinnati Reds. What yeah. Joey Votto has been for the Cincinnati Reds since 2007 is like the leader. 
Yeah, but there have been a lot of leaders. He's got no chips. He's got no like huge playoff yeah, experience. Yeah, but it's hard to win a chip with the Cincinnati Reds. And I'm not and I'm not saying like if you don't win a chip that you don't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Baseball's a no. A you just said Allen Iverson is not one of the greatest point guards of all time because he never won a ring. You just said Carmelo Anthony's basketball career can eat shit. It means nothing. Basketball is much different. And yes, I can. They have both of them eat shit except Melo greatest small forward of all time ai is no AI's, i mean AI went up against the 2000 2001 lakers team that was an absolute juggernaut and even won a game yeah right he won a game no that was lebron with delhi and like tristan thompson running flanking him yeah let's talk about other sports baseball sucks because joey Votto is probably not gonna be a hall of famer he should be a hall oh, of famer. we could just end the zoom too that's yeah. another option anything else before we go there was didn't we say we had one more thing? Um, I don't know. We could also hit it tomorrow. I think Aro might join us from uh, from his bedside. I'm very excited for that. That'll oh, be- yeah. The Verlander Seas game we already talked about. Yeah. I mean, just go get your Just Baseball merch. Use code Just Baseball and prize picks if you want to play some daily fantasy with us. Yeah. I got a couple entries today. I got a couple entries every single day. Go check out. You know, Arm is breaking down a bunch of prospects on the call-up. Jack joins very frequently as well on my podcast, not gambling advice. My daily MLB best bets as we break into football. Um, we're not going to be talking about the just baseball show, of course, but on not gambling advice, I will be talking some football. Also just started back up our just gridiron fans, TikTok account. So if you are a football fan and want to hear us talk more about football, you're going to find that on not gambling advice. And you're going to find that on, on that TikTok account as well as on my Twitter. And I think Jack's going to, I think you're going to start talking about some college football. What do you say? Uh, we'll see, man. Uh, Will Anderson Jr., linebacker for Alabama, best player in America, and it's not anywhere close. Ball State opens the football season at Tennessee on September 1. Can't wait to patrol the sidelines at Neyland Stadium seeing Hendon Hooker. Um, I will probably mention it in passing on the Just Baseball show. Might hop on the occasional tiki-taki. We'll see what happens. With that, thank you, everybody. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success.